0: With our fighting spirit,
1: we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Hey, this is Leon Poe, man. You listen to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kitty Anderson. Y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast.
1: All your new listeners out there. I'm your host Josue Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts.
0: I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? So yeah, talk like, about yourself. walks on the B. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> The most romantic <laughs> Leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all of the zodiac. Oh, you couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh, sexy. But I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street podcast. Yeah. Come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you Boston for my life.
1: Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy Tay Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys, Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. Not trying to see the Celtics lock in Marcus Smart for $16, $17 million. See you later, Smart. Forget it. <laughs> Back with another edition of the Causeway Street Podcast. The Pavone brothers are back in the house. No Sean Dutra. And no Celtics going to the NBA Finals. But you already knew that, obviously. Uh, So this fell to the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 7 at TD Garden. LeBron James led the way, of course. What else is new? Jeff Green got some time in. Balling up. 19 points. Making up for uh, the production that Kevin Love Didn't provide throughout most of the series. Uncle Jeff. You know what? It actually worked out better this way because they were able to uh, not only uh, switch him defensively on guys on the wing for the Celtics, but just sped things up a bit. You know, I just felt like they just looked better with him in the starting lineup. So we'll see what happens in the NBA Finals. The Celtics, of course, are uh, on vacation now. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. We'll also get into what a friend of the show said earlier this week, Mr. Antoine Walker. Talking about LeBron James, number one option should be the Celtics as he heads into free agency. Of course, after the NBA Finals, but that's just how much people are so excited for this NBA Finals. You know, they're already talking about where's LeBron going to go next after he loses to the Golden State Warriors. What pretty much everyone's assuming. So
0: they've been talking about that since like the playoffs started. So yeah, it's, it's, so. yeah.
1: So the, the conversation is just now heating up even more. Even though we had we're on the verge of seeing the, the the fourth battle, or it feels like the fifteenth battle between the Warriors and the Cavaliers, once again, is what we got in the NBA Finals. Can't say I'm very surprised. However, I did think midway through the Eastern Conference Finals that we probably would see a different outcome. But there you are. I know you guys are excited about it. NBA fans, especially non-NBA fans, they've been like the most vocal about how upset they are to see these two teams go at it for the fourth consecutive time. First time in professional sports history that two teams face each other four consecutive times. In the championship round, but that's what we got. We'll talk about it a little bit, not a lot. We'll get more into it, you know, when the series starts up. Hopefully, we'll have some crazy matchup, crazy game. But hey, we could be wrong. I don't know. We'll break it down. We'll get into that, and uh, we'll also have to get into another free agent that may not be grabbing as many headlines as LeBron James, but around this, around these parts, Marcus Smart. You can—that's a name you'll have to get used to hearing until the beginning of free agency. He says he's worth more than fifteen million, Joel. Uh, he doesn't know where this uh you know what was it 12 to 14 million dollar range which, which is what I had in store for him that's um, the ideal it, situation i saw him signing for
0: it came from him <laughs>
1: it, it did come from him but you
0: know what You're pretending like he doesn't remember or he doesn't know where this magical 12 to 14 mil came from yeah but it you, came from him
1: you know what he's trying to say though he's saying that's what the Celtics put on the table mid season and he said uh, how about you guys go fuck yourself i'm worth more than that and even after the season he had where he uh not only his emotions got the best of him, but Just he moments this, after Game Seven, he put this team. Well, no, I'm talking about you know midseason. Oh, oh, oh. He put this team in in, in a tough spot by uh, getting upset about some IG model
0: and and, and hurting his uh, hand and you know, nearly cost
1: himself the entire season. So
0: he, no, he didn't hurt the team. He hurt his value and himself. But yeah, <laughs> he well, I mean, did. Well. he did. Well. Obviously he hurt himself because of his hand, but he did right. hurt his value too. But
1: yeah, and in, in more ways than one. But I just my whole point is: listen, if you're gonna have that type of season, and then you come back, and right, let's face it, he, he did give the things quite a boost. But I don't know, over 15 million. We'll get more into that. But first things first, let's uh, go back to Game Seven, uh, Joel. How disappointed are you about this loss? I mean, I've heard every angle at this point. The Southern should have did this. This other should have did that. How did the Cavs were able to do this? My whole thing is, and I'll continue to say this. And you know what? If you don't agree with me, um, you can go off in the comment section. I don't care because at <laughs> the end of the day, the way that fourth quarter played its way it played itself out. Those final few minutes where Terry Rozier was jacking threes, Marcus Morris was jacking threes, Al Horford jacked up a three, all open by the way, all great looks. All three of those guys had an opportunity to slice that deficit at least down to one point. When they got it down to four. And the, the shots didn't fall. The shots didn't go through the hoop. They didn't fall when they needed it most. I know we've seen the story time and time again. So... My whole thing about it is, why is everyone so like, oh, why didn't they go inside? Oh, why didn't they do something different? The threes obviously weren't working. Oh, you mean the formula that got them there to begin with? How many games did we see the Celtics do that and they came out on top because of that? And just because they don't fall, all of a sudden, oh, those are stupid shots. That's a dumb shot. Come on. Get out of here. That's not a stupid shot because if it goes they in, it's were, not stupid, right? They were it's not ballsy shots if they go in.
0: Sway, sway. They shouldn't have been in that position to begin with because, number one, all season long, yeah, those threes are are, are falling, but it just seemed like they they're, they weren't in control from the moment they lost their lead in the second quarter when they were up 12. It never seemed like they were in control the rest of the way. It felt like those shots were forced.
1: Yeah, the third quarter was different. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, right. I'm, I'm with you on that. But okay. did you ever think that, oh, this game is over? This game no, is No, done. no, no, but listen. They hung
0: around. Okay. In the fourth quarter, eight minutes left. Cavs are in the penalty. And guess what else? LeBron James has his fourth foul. Mm. Why weren't they taking him more to the rack and, and getting to the free throw line? Marcus Smart, the two times that he actually did that, he made it to the free throw line.
1: Okay, well, what happened when Terry Rozier went in? What do you mean? When he went inside, what happened?
0: Oh, that was a fast break thing. That He, he got his shit punched, man. He got fouled. He got fouled. That was all hand. You remember that. Come on.
1: Regardless, man, the, out, the, the outcome wasn't pretty. And that's obviously that's going to stick in your head a bit, especially when you're that age when you've never been on this stage before and you're minutes away from trying to make it to the NBA Finals okay. against LeBron James, all the right. best but, player in the world.
0: But LeBron didn't beat the Celtics, in my opinion. If you read my piece on com, Jeff Green went off. J.R. Smith went off. Two guys yeah, that Le- that were that were dormant during the rest of the series. Yeah, right? but LeBron is the. Yeah, but that's fine. LeBron, but they only won the only one by eight common points. Common denominator. No, oh, it doesn't matter because LeBron went off for of forty two in game two, and who won that game?
1: Yeah, but he was responsible for the the he was responsible for ten of the last fourteen points scored for the Cavaliers.
0: Okay, so then you're so you're telling me they lost in the four minutes? Is that what you're telling me?
1: No, I'm telling you that the Celtics, well, essentially. Yeah, I guess if you put it that way, in those last four or five minutes the Celtics make those shots, if if they're able to uh, you know, slow down LeBron, whether it's him scoring or him finding open guys, yeah, I guess so. Okay,
0: so then Rozier missing those three or four three-pointers. What about the other six he took? What about Jalen Brown's other seven or eight three-pointers he took that he missed? It wasn't just in the, those four minutes. I'm talking about the stuff leading up to that. Between the midway through the second and those last four minutes of the fourth, they executed poorly, something that they hadn't done since maybe game four against Milwaukee in the first round. You would have thought that they would have figured out, all right, in tight situations, we gotta play smarter, we gotta move the ball. We can't just come down the court with eighteen seconds left and just chuck a three, which seemed like that I think towards the end. I'm not saying the whole game. I don't feel like the game was lost and like in the second quarter. All I'm saying is that little that stretch between The middle of the second and the last four minutes of the fourth could have been played completely different. They could have put the ball more in Al Horford's hands. How many times did we talk about Al Horford's touches? We saw that in the first half. We saw that in the first half. A lot of that. We saw a lot of that. Alley-oops. That play was flawless. Jason Tatum, after that dunk on LeBron James, he didn't touch the ball for the next five minutes of that game. See, my whole thing
1: is I would have liked to see more, just a couple more ISO plays for Jason Tatum. But at the the end of the day, though, what what happens— at the end of the fourth quarter for the Celtics team, especially throughout this postseason, if the ball moves around. It gets shared. Exactly. But you because don't see the, ball the is ISO stagnant. ball. But you don't see, oh, set up a, a play for Tatum where he was obviously the the best player on the floor for the Celtics.
0: Marcus Smart, besides trucking up a lot of threes, he didn't have a terrible game because he didn't have any turnovers, which is which was good. Uh, he had seven assists. And he had four rebounds and two important offensive rebounds, but the rest of the, the the guards, the guard play in that game was 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 awful. Yeah, well, Rozier played the worst game of the postseason. It was awful.
1: Obviously, that with, means with, it was the worst play, it was his, worst game and that's, the, his worst game at home because I don't think he's even had one bad game throughout those first nine home games throughout the postseason. It was the number 10 where he failed to show up when they needed him most, and it was the first home loss throughout the postseason for the Celtics.
0: And ironically enough, just 48 hours before that, Rozier and Brown combined for like 57 points.
1: See, that's the thing after, after game six. <laughs> I was like, yo, you just wasted that performance out of Rozier because one, it's on the road, and two, I'm not quite sure he's going to be able to duplicate that in two more days.
0: The Celtics shot about 34% in game seven, and they still could have won the game. Did they get it tired was out? Was it was the Was it Fatigue? It might have been mental fatigue. I don't know about physical fatigue because... Nah, I don't want to hear that, man. Mental no, you toughness. Know what? That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what this team's that's about. What that's what this team's about. Exactly. Because we... I mean, at least I thought they figured that out in the first two rounds, that they're not afraid of the moment. And after game six, where they shot over 50%, they shot well, they just didn't shoot enough, I guess. I mean, Al Horford didn't get enough touches that game. Outside of Rozier and Brown, ironically, the two that didn't have a good game in game seven, were well, the only ones shooting lights out from outside and beyond the three-point line. Mm. So fast forward to game seven, I think it was Rozier. I mean, (sighs) Rozier was out for a lot of that fourth quarter. As he should have been, yeah. So when he comes back in, trying to hit home runs instead of the singles. We've been talking about this.
1: But don't you think that's what Brad Stevens was kind of wanted out of him? Because think about it. You're not going to put him back in if you don't. It's like, hey, Rozier, I've been benching you because you just missed like nine straight shots. But I'm gonna put you back in, but don't shoot. Like obviously he no, put no, him back right, in because he right. said, "Look, you got your breather. You got to regroup for a second. Go ahead." Because at the end of the day, Rozier is a type of shooter, which is what I like about him. He can miss 15 in a row, and he's gonna feel confident about that 16th one. And that's the kind of confidence you want out of your guy, especially in Game Seven, the last four minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, and so then you can you can even actually put a little bit on Brad Stevens as well on some of that on some of the the moves he made in that fourth quarter. Where maybe you don't keep Rozier out for that long. And if you were going to keep him out for that long. Keep him out for good. Keep him out for good. Yeah. Keep him out for good and yeah. say, you know what, Smart? I'm riding, I'm riding with you.
1: Because if you put him back in, like I said, you're giving him the green line. Yeah. You're saying, okay, Go do your you thing. got your rest. Yeah. Go nuts. Yeah. You take the shot that you think best fit. And one play in particular that stood out to me was uh, Horford. Got a really good look. Wait, was it Horford? It might have been Morris. One of those two. I, I just – those three –
0: like it was more I think. I know three three
1: pointers that the th- those three guys took. I just felt like just if you make one of them, that's a momentum changer right there. They missed all three, but I think I want to say it was Morris. Rozier ha- got the offensive rebound, second chance opportunity, dishes it back out. They work the ball around, ends up in Rozier's hand, dead in the corner, wide open, a shot that he's made so many times since the beginning of the postseason, and it just didn't fall. And then that's when it started hitting me. I was like, this might, this is not, this is not going to happen. This might be it. You know, Cavs go back, fast break opportunity. What it was like a three-point play here, a three-pointer there. Uh, uh, LeBron found, I think it was your boy JR in the corner. Oh, no, I think it was Jeff Green, actually. Yeah, it was Jeff Green. Yeah, yeah Jeff Green. Jeff Green. That only, was a the big only, one. Only three hit all game. Yeah, that was a big one. And, and and that was it. But then also, I also, midway through, not that I didn't feel good about it, but I was just like, this is, this is going to be their toughest Challenge. I mean, I guess that's kind of staying the obvious, but I, I just feel like what made the pressure much heavier than we've seen since the first round against the Bucks was the fact that, that A, they're at home, B, they I hadn't lost. Right. Well, they hadn't lost, but no, I was going to say B, they were in it for the last five, four minutes, but they didn't have the lead.
0: Yeah.
1: All if you look at the last. I don't know what, but since after the Bucks series, they've always had a legitimate cushion at that point in the fourth quarter, even against Philadelphia no, in game five. Remember game five?
0: Yeah, no, but especially against Cleveland. Right, especially and against game, Cleveland. And games It one, wasn't two, even close in games game one, one and two. two, and five. And five, yeah. They're right, they did. But again, even being down by about, I think it was down there was, seven, I, I, like the four minute mark, if I'm not mistaken. And they they did cut it down to four, but mm-hmm. at that point, that's the closest they got. At that point, you're you're like you're like all right, now time is starting to be a factor. They're not hitting their threes, but then all of a sudden you're like, but why are they going away from Jason Tatum? That's that's on, That's on Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. And I think they called their last timeout, and there was like, it was either three and a half or like three minutes left. That was their last timeout. So for the next three minutes, unless unless there's a foul called or 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 Cleveland calls a timeout. You're just like, all right, the last thing I told you guys to do, it's on you guys. Mm. So maybe timeout management or certain plays being ran or or substitutions. Again, I know Brad has been through two game sevens, right? Washington last year, Milwaukee this year. But he's never been in game seven for a chance to go to finals. Mm. He's a rookie in that aspect. Tyron Lewis done it already. Regardless of who's on the roster for the Cavs, mm. but for the for the Celtics, I mean, they wanted it. Obviously, they wanted it. You're not, you know, you can't sit there and say like, oh no, they didn't want it. Or they I, didn't,
1: yeah, I would never say they didn't want yeah, it enough. They des- they, they to deserve
0: say. to be there. They're still, yeah. in my opinion, still the, still were the better team. But when again, when the lights were at their brightest, they wet the bed. The guards wet the bed, especially. And it's not like they didn't have enough horses. You know how. In other, in other situations, they're like, oh, man, they just ran out of gas. No, they had the horses. They just The horses didn't want to run. You
1: were disappointed, huh?
0: I was pissed. You were very really upset. I'm still pissed.
1: I don't look at it as, like the way your article put it, a golden opportunity. I mean, okay, yeah, it was. Okay, all right. It's me, a golden let me, opportunity for these young sellers. Let, let me think about it. It's, let me rephrase this. It's a golden opportunity, but I don't see it as much as a disappointment as most people do or or as much as maybe I should. Just because I just feel like in that situation, that was the best you're gonna
0: get. No,
1: see, because listen, okay, you can talk about Brad Stevens should have did this, and no, uh, you no, could no, have bro. set up Tatum this way or that way, but like, the way know. that those last few minutes played itself out, the way the offense played itself out in those final minutes when they were they cut it down to four, that's what they've been doing all year long ever since Kyrie Irving's been out of the mix, and no, that's I when don't. you say to yourself. Man, Kyrie Irving, you put that scenario in Kyrie Irving's hands: four-point game, x amount of minutes left on the clock, ticket to the uh, NBA Finals. That's why you're not in the NBA Finals because you, Celtics, so don't have Kyrie Irving. Man, Kyrie Irving is I that get guy. It,
0: I get it, but if it was there's if, no closer on this
1: team, there's no I know, closer.
0: I get it, but if they had lost in the second round, even if they got swept by the Cavs, I agree with you. I I agree with you. They were up 2-0 in this series. Then they were up 3-2. They seem like the more dominant roster. I know we've seen it before, but that's why why it's a golden opportunity. Because you had a chance to knock out LeBron James from going to his eighth straight finals, possibly leaving Cleveland for a second time. Last time Boston did that. Mm. We know how that ended, right? And because without Kyrie Irving, Without Gordon Hayward, they still figured it out, but it wasn't just one guy that was dominating on a, on a nightly basis. Celtics didn't even have a twenty point scorer throughout the whole their whole playoff run. Jason Tatum led the way with eighteen point five, and then Jalen Brown at eighteen. Even mm. I could go down the list: Rozier at sixteen. Horford at 15. Those four guys. Like, if those four guys... But that's what I'm
1: saying. You don't have a closer. A you don't have a closer. You have guys like that who get... You, you get your opportunities. And, like, the same three guys I just mentioned, they all got their opportunities to to, to hit the big shots. And they didn't go in. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it, it boils down to that. You want to call it a choke or they didn't live no, up to no, the no, moment? I'm not living... I'm not... I don't I'm, know if I'm ready to say that. I don't know no, if they no. choked, but...
0: Well, I don't know. They kind of... They kind of choked. Like they they, they kind. They choked. They I, when I when, I say, when I say I say them the, for it. No, what I'm saying. When I say wet the bed, I'm to me a choke a choke job is different than wetting the bed because a choke job is you just didn't show up. In my opinion, wetting the bed is you buckled under pressure. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Something forced you to you make Chris, a different you, decision than you, what you, you would have normally have done if this was Game Six or you, Game Five. You Chris Webber did exactly exactly yeah. Exactly. yeah. So you, you, you're like a deer in the headlights at certain points of the game or at the most crucial point of the game when you're, like you said, you're down four, a couple minutes left, and you stop taking it to the hoop. You stop taking it to LeBron. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, you can't even blame the refs in this one. I think the refs, pretty, no. they, call, they called it pretty even. No, they did it, yeah. And that was probably, uh, other than game two, in my opinion, that was probably the most balanced ref game of the series. And that's saying a lot mm-hmm. because we saw how they refed in Cleveland. And again, I don't like to talk about the rest, but I mean, it's not like a lot of games in Cleveland were close. Maybe game six because they shot so well and they only lost by, what, nine?
1: I think one thing that bothers (laughs) me the most about how this series ended is the narrative surrounding LeBron James.
0: That's another. Yes, that's another part of my my piece.
1: Oh, LeBron James. What an amazing feat. He was the ultimate
0: underdog when everybody said he couldn't do it. When everyone doubted LeBron James and the Cavaliers, here they go and they prove the doubters wrong. What doubters? The Celtics weren't the favorites in the series. <laughs> Far the only from time, it. The, the only Far time, the one time that they were favorites in the series was Game Seven. They were two point favorites. Yeah, two point favorites, and they were ten and zero, and and uh, ten and zero at home. And if and if that was the only thing that the Celtics were banking on, then the media's narrative, for the most part, was I don't know. Southwest haven't lost at home. they completely different team at home. Scary Terry, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then LeBron wins, and it's like, oh, he's the greatest of all time now.
1: Yeah. Greatest of all time. This is what a, a big, feat. This
0: is the biggest, this might be a bigger accomplishment than him actually winning a championship. Bringing the, you know, I actually heard this, this, what I'm about to say, this, this, uh, this quote LeBron literally dragged a bunch of corpses. Into the finals.
1: Yeah, but what happens if the Southers win? If the Southers win, it's, oh, well, he didn't have enough help. We didn't health. have enough help. Oh, yeah. yeah. just
0: Just like the same thing it was every time the Celtics beat him but in the first stint in Cleveland. Yeah. Right? In 08. Oh, no, I'm sorry. In 07, in even though he decimated the, the Pistons in, in six games. Right? He gets to the finals, gets swept, averages 17, 18 points in that series against San Antonio. Got shitted on. Well, he didn't have enough help. <laughs> but it was amazing what he did against Detroit, though, right? Right. In 2008, the midseason trade that brought his friend Delonte to the team, the the defending Eastern Conference champions lose in the second round to the Celtics in a heartbreaking Game 7 loss where Paul Pierce and LeBron dueled all game long, 41 for Pierce and 45 for mm. LeBron. They didn't have enough help, though. <laughs> So then they.
1: Oh, but if he won it. Oh, he dethroned yeah, the, the yeah, big three. He, but in, he ended their run the very first year. Exactly, it would have been a completely two, different story.
0: But in 2009, they re up, hoping and preparing to play for the Celtics.
1: Joe's going to go through them. history lesson. Huh?
0: They got shattered on <laughs> by Orlando. And then what happened again? LeBron needed help. and the Eastern Conference Finals, LeBron needed help. Even though they they, wanted, they, wouldn't, they never wanted to admit that they were waiting for the Celtics, not Orlando. They were prepared to play the Celtics. And in 2010, same thing, second round. We all know how that ended. But again, 65 wins, but he still needed help, though, Sway. He needed help. So then which is it? Yeah. Which is it? He needed help. The teams, uh, he plays with a bunch of scrubs. He beat the Celtics, who were the better team. Or LeBron did what he was supposed to do because he needed to average over 35 points or near 35 points to beat the Celtics by eight in so, game seven.
1: So after the, the, champion, after the uh, trophy ceremony... Ty lose it's his turn to go to the podium and he comes in and granted the, the place wasn't as packed as it usually is, you know, people were kinda of just like looking around or whatever. And he literally turns the corner and sees the sees the humming reporters and are sitting waiting for him. And he just goes he laughs, he goes, Where's everybody at? Huh? Well, now nobody's here, huh? Like you know what I mean? Like insinuating that if had they have lost, the place would have been packed. Which in some cases is true. No, like but, I, no, I agree but, with that. No, but, but at the same time, it's like come on, Ty Lue, don't make it sound like you guys are the underdog.
0: That's here. what I'm saying. Ty Lue, he's drinking his own Kool Aid. He's drinking the LeBron Kool Aid now. Yeah. He lets the the and I, and I bet you him more than LeBron. Even they listen to the media, listen to the quotes. They read the quotes. They read what's on what's on Twitter. Or at least he does. I'm saying I'm talking about Ty, Ty Lue, Lue. Yeah and when he's asked something that he doesn't like that's his, that's how he snaps back. Mm. Oh you guys this is what you guys are waiting for because it sells it sells you know headline yeah, sells. Right. Don't even sit there and say that that you knew for a fact that that Jeff Green was going to go off for 19 points cuz you're full of shit. <laughs> you're full of shit. You 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 went like this between Larry Nance and Jeff Green. Eeny meeny miny moe. Catch a tiger by the All right, we're going to go with Jeff Green today. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. You're not going to sit there and tell me that 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 you knew that Jeff Green was going to go off like that in two straight games when he was averaging barely seven points in the first five, and me and you, Sway, we're talking about how that was a great pickup for the Cavs when the season started.
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah, that, and then also the fact that heading into the series, we're like, that's he's been your only reliable like reserve. Yeah, you know? he, was, he was the only consistent, the only consistent one, seven points. On yeah, <laughs> as bad as those numbers sound yeah. for a, a team that's trying, you know, that's heading into the finals. I mean. Shit! They have a starting shooting guard who, in two games, combined for a point, and J.R. Smith,
0: one point. You know, and then he finally makes more than one three pointer in Game Seven. So that's so that's so that's what that's what annoys me the most. LeBron's gonna be LeBron. We already know that, but the Celtics already proved that they can beat LeBron even if he goes off for a triple double. If the rest of the guys don't go off, well, no, no, and when I say go off, I don't mean like another twenty point scorer. What did I say? on our last podcast that, this, that LeBron other than him going off with between 35 to 40 points he needs at least two more double digit scores, and that could mean 10 points or 19 points and that's exactly what happened so that's what gets me call me old fashioned but LeBron did what he was supposed to do giving the squad that he has but the Celtics let Jeff Green go off back to back games and you let J.R. Smith Beat you. That's just my opinion.
1: So, how many games of the Warriors gonna win this in?
0: Uh, three. <laughs>
1: they're just not gonna show up for game <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah,
0: they're just gonna just gonna forfeit in game yeah, four.
1: They're gonna be like, you know what, we're just gonna um, we're just gonna yeah. we're gonna start our pitch to try to keep LeBron in town.
0: We're gonna take our participation right in the trophy
1: for making it to the finals. We're gonna start putting our trade offers in to yeah. try to beefing up this roster as much as we can.
0: My favorite, my favorite destination for LeBron since he's won is Houston. Ever since Game 7, the end of Game 7, and so the next 24 hours, so from when the Celtics lost all the way to when Houston lost, now the narrative is like, yo, LeBron should go to Houston. Forget L.A., forget Philly. He should go to Houston. Because Houston is that is one LeBron James away from possibly beating the Warriors. Yeah. That's the only person that's beat the Warriors. It's, it's LeBron James.
1: But the thing about that is the money gets tricky. It's like you got to figure out a way. You got to find some sucker to take a Ryan Anderson with with a fuckload of dough left on his on his contract, and you got to find a way to figure out what you're gonna do between Capella and 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 Chris Paul. I mean,
0: or, or Capella. Th- these or, are important
1: pieces, especially Capella. Capella was man. Capella made all the difference, in my opinion. Kept that game close in Game Seven, or relatively close until uh, Steph Curry went off, and then Kevin Durant. Sh- Join them shortly afterwards, which is, by the way, when those two are doing that, there isn't a team in the world that can stop them, in my opinion. So when that happens, that happens. But and throughout the series, Capella was very important for this team. And I think he's a guy that is, can be a pillar, but he's going to command a lot of dough. So I, I don't know. I'd be really surprised if they can somehow retain his services.
0: Well, if C P three is really serious about winning a championship, I think he's made his money. I think those State Farm commercials
1: Oh man he's getting paid well for those. You better take your eight mil or whatever you want to take. You better take that
0: so then minimum
1: I, just to create some space because let's face it, this is it. I mean, if you get one more chance, that's if you if. can stay healthy. Shit. They need to they need to bring his his uh his games during the regular season down to like forty tops. <laughs> Which is another thing. I mean, what he missed, 20 games this year? Well, I think. Club, well, yeah. Why would you play at him least. so much? Even, well, you know, Doc Rivers from afar was just like, that's a terrible decision. You know, Doc Rivers, the, the the king of wrestling your veterans, must have been like, why are you playing him so much?
0: Well, that's another reason why, you know, I don't believe in Dantoni's system. And trust me, Sway, you remember when the run and gun Suns were like in the Western Conference finals almost every season when he was at the helm with Steve Nash. And then just after a while, I was like, this system doesn't work of playing of running crazy, shooting threes like like there's no tomorrow, and only playing six, seven guys, tobs. When you knew Chris Paul wasn't gonna play in game six, yo, it's my it's it's this is it's time to uh like we said it before the series started, it's time to do something that I'm not comfortable with. And that's actually using the other fucking six or seven guys on the bench. That are waiting to play. What did you
1: think about Brad Stevens doing that? Seven-man rotation, which is something that came to my mind. Something that came to mind to me was when it were the, this, this game was either going into the fourth quarter or I think the first couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. And I looked down at the numbers and I'm like, man, Rozier's already over 30 minutes right now. You know what I mean? Like down the stretch, which is why I think it, obviously his play had more to do with it. But the minutes were, were stacking up. And I think that was kind of like the point where Brad Stevens was like, all right, he has to sit regardless. I'm going to try to figure out if I'm going to put him back in or not, but see how the game plays itself out. Marcus Smart was well over 30 at that point. I mean, all these guys were, were either around or over 30. The whole rotation, pretty much. The whole seven-man rotation.
0: I tweeted through the Causeway Street Twitter, at Causeway Street, when the fourth quarter started. Well, actually, when the third quarter ended, I thought that something's uh, going to use a little bit of Baines to start the quarter. But we didn't see Banes the rest of the game. Yeah. I thought that would I would have given uh, either Horford or Morris a blow. I think Morris was at that point too. Yeah, and not that he had a horrible game, but it, he was it was a so-so shooting game for him. And I and I thought you you know either one of those two guys you get a blow and then you just you use up Baines' fouls and then bring in Horford, bring in Morris, and see what happens because Morris uh, Horford only took two three pointers and made one. That's that's low for him, especially during this, especially at home. Yeah, during this playoff run. Well,
1: LeBron James didn't need any breeder. The whole forty-eight, he played the entire game. But where's he going to play next season? That's the big question for this summer. Even throughout this NBA Finals matchup, where is he going to go? Antoine Walker says he needs to pull a Kevin Durant and says that he needs to join the best. The Boston Celtics are the best in the East, according to Antoine Walker.
0: Now you're gonna think I'm crazy, but if I was him, if if I'm going to Boston. I'm going to Boston. Yeah, I'm going to Boston. I mean, Kevin Durant did it. Yes. Kevin Durant joined the best. And if the best team in the Eastern Conference right now will be the Boston Celtics. I like it. I will figure out a way to get to Boston if I'm LeBron James. Wow. And even the playing field.
1: Um, um not a seeing, hard take for Antoine, Seeing huh? LeBron James in green and white, man. I mean, first of all, he wouldn't be able to wear either of those numbers that he used to wear or that he's worn throughout his entire career, just to start with that. But also, how would the Celtics even make this work? Are you comfortable with this happening, Joel? If so, how does it happen? And also, what happens with Kyrie Irving? Because you know damn well Kyrie Irving will be the first one to be in Angel's office saying, no, hell no, absolutely not. I'm not down with this. Either trade me, or figure something out, or don't do this at all, because there is no way, mark my words, that these two will play together. No way. They're not playing together again after what happened in Cleveland. Kyrie's not having any of it.
0: Um, If the breakup was amicable, that they both were like, all right, you know, we'll go our separate ways or whatever, then sure, Danny tried to go after him. I don't think you're going to pull it off, but so there's that. And then if they had a better relationship, then... I think it would work. I think he would fit in Brad Stevens' system.
1: Oh yeah, there's no question he would work, but I, I just don't see those two
0: joining you know forces. Yeah, again. yeah. I mean, if if they were cool with each other, then yeah, it would well, work. But nah, it, but they're happening. but they're not though. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. I don't. No. no, it's not gonna happen. It's just I don't. I don't think Danny would waste his would time. Would you
1: consider if you're the Celtics, obviously, would you consider trading Kyrie
0: Irving to to have LeBron James sign?
1: No, I wouldn't. No. No. The game seven put the bed put that conversation to bed about Rozier being the starting point guard of this team, and
0: no, it's just I just think
1: and, and, and sending Irving on its like way. How like many
0: times that the you know in the Brad Stevens era, this is the third time now in four season that LeBron has beat you in the playoffs, and then you're gonna, you're gonna go inside him? I don't know. That's kind of weird. I don't think Danny would do that. It's a Kevin Durant move. No, it's a Kevin Durant move if Celtics go and pursue him. But if the Celtics don't pursue him, I don't think I don't think LeBron is calling up Danny saying, "Hey, so." Um, oh no, LeBron's yeah. not gonna call up anybody. Yeah, that's, that's what but I'm saying. That's
1: that's how it works, though. No. You know, the Celtics have to be the ones to initiate no, the I conversation.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna initiate it. Angel's gonna initiate that kind of conversation.
1: I'm still gonna, I'm still thinking about Philly. I'm still thinking that these two, the rivals are gonna the the rivalry's gonna continue, and he's gonna be in Philly. I'm still with that. Um, yeah, because I, I don't see it either. I, I just don't see a way where the Celtics would want to pursue LeBron James, make the space, trade away the guys, ruin the, the core, or ruin the uh, chemistry just to appease someone like LeBron who, okay, sure, he's still performing at a high level, best, one of the best playoff performances of his, of his career. But you risk the other guys not developing they, the way they would have. You risk – Switching things up, the chemistry wise, the locker room, the the what they built last season, you know, especially with Kyrie Irving as the leader, and you risk, you you lose Kyrie Irving. There's no way. There's no way these two are gonna are going to to, to patch things up, and Kyrie's gonna say, "Yeah, I finally got my wish. I finally found a situation where I'm happier than I I, I could ever be in any other situation." Okay. I didn't even get a chance to lead this team the way I wanted to. But sure, bring LeBron over. Let's just start this whole thing over again. You know, we've done it before. Like, this is not going to work. Nor, and and, and for people who, who who were skeptical about this, nor will LeBron James ever, ever join a team where he says, you know what, Kyrie, this is your squad. You're gonna lead well, this know, squad, like, and I'm gonna I'm that's gonna ride in your coattails.
0: That like was a dumb take by by Antoine. I mean, Antoine he, said not. That, that I feel he was gonna beat the Celtics in four games. Yeah, yeah. From. You
1: know, Antoine. You know, yeah. I like you and everything, we, we, but yeah, we, I'm gotta not, it, we gotta have him back on though. I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Obviously, I'm not crazy about the take, but we do have to talk about it because it's an interesting conversation. It's obviously something that, um, you know, from the outside looking in, it, it does make sense for LeBron James. You know, I, mean, I
0: think it was more in case you missed it, Worthy. But uh.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. listen. This gonna yeah. be.
0: This isn't the end of this. This is just the beginning. No, with uh, LeBron coming to Boston. Yes. No sorry. Like, come Do on. Do you
1: remember the the teams that were out there in two thousand ten? That was 2010. Oh, he's going to New York. Oh, he's going to Houston. Was was brought up back then as well. He's going to Philly. Yeah. He's going to Miami, and we all laughed at Miami. You know, <laughs> like
0: the only the only team that intrigues me, like I said over the last you know few days, is is been Houston. Like if Houston could, Houston could pull that off. That's an interesting place for him to go. Number 1, gets him out of the East. He becomes the Warriors problem, not the East's problem anymore. And if you happen to meet him up, meet up with him in the finals, great. So be it. But you're in the finals at least. If you're if you're a member of the Celtics, you don't have to worry about him anymore. Great. That monkey's off 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 of their back at least through the East. Like we talked about this last episode, realistically how many more years does LeBron have? I don't know. I can't even answer that question. Can't even answer that question because I don't know if you saw after Game Seven. I don't know if you if you if you walked up in the the Cavs uh, little celebration. I did. But not. this dude looked more. This dude was more iced up than I've ever seen Kevin Garnett ever iced up <laughs> while he was here in Boston. <laughs> That's saying a lot. Knees, his crotch, his back. Broad, crotch, holding it on his crotch. Jeez, both his knees. So these are all separate bags, obviously. It's not one big-ass bag. Just so those are like, oh, my God, that must have been a big-ass bag. No. Separate ice bags on each knee, on his crotch. And then he had a guy saran wrap a big-ass bag of ice on his back while his while his teammates were celebrating. And all you heard him say afterwards while they're you know singing and dancing, whatever they were doing, is, boy, am I tired. Yeah, he laid down. <laughs> He's laying 40, down on the ground. He played 48 minutes. And mind you, I believe he was asked – before the playoffs started, how many minutes you think you can go without a breather? And he was like, regular season? Yeah, I'll do 48. In the playoffs, he said, I can't do no more than 41. Granted, he did pick his spots, though, in game seven. There was times where he just kind of watched. Yeah. You know?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, do when, his, you know, like the, when he got the big block, and he, he as the commentators put it, it st- he was staring at the city of Boston. It was strategic. <laughs> Instead of getting back on defense.
0: It was strategic in case. Yeah.
1: Oh, Mark Jackson! The ball oh, came back
0: the other way. Gosh, that's smart. <laughs> that's LeBron being smart.
1: You mean the fuck? You mean the, uh, the 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 laziest dude in the pickup games? He's he's a genius now. The guy who stays in the back, and just says, "I don't know." I'm if gonna let y'all go five on four while I chill back here. You know? I don't know
0: if anybody notices.
1: Try to stop this fast break. <laughs> but just
0: because he has a block every now and again doesn't make him a great defensive player. He stopped playing defense a long time ago. Trust me on that. For those who really know the game, you have to preserve yourself. Yeah. At 33, going to be 34 oh, for in this December. Team, for this team, you have to. And, and if and if you know the great coach tyron Lue is going to make you play 48 minutes on all 82 games <laughs> the regular season, he's going to have to pick his spots when he says, "You know what? I'm going I'm to take a couple. Of, I'm going to take a couple defensive players off, and see if my teammates will respond." Oh no, they did. Oh well.
1: You no, know, never takes defensive here I plays go, here off. You no, know, never takes defensive plays off. Marcus Smart, that guy never takes off plays.
0: No plays off.
1: <laughs> and Marcus Smart thinks that defense is going to get him all kinds of dough. He's trying. He's trying to get that Evan Turner money. Jesus. One of these players going to understand that that was a one and done summer. Okay, yeah, the Evan cap Turner didn't have been the same since. The cap didn't <laughs> hit another spike. Timothy Moskov. Not going to make $50 million again in 2018.
0: What about Luol Deng? Those
1: that years are over. Luol Deng isn't going to get paid millions just to sit on the bench what about, what about and uh, suck up the salary cap.
0: Uh, what's his name? He used to be in Toronto. Now he's in Orlando. Bizmo. Oh, Biombo? Biombo.
1: Finished. <laughs> Those years are done.
0: Never to be heard from again. But
1: if Marcus Smart is saying this it's because his. He, someone's in his ear. Someone's saying something.
0: He's ancient. <laughs> well, that's what,
1: I, that's what I'm alluding to.
0: Yeah, trying to get that
1: chunk. My whole thing is, we know it's going to come down to him and Rozier. So if that's hey, the kind on, of money on. he's getting offered, if that's how much it's going to take for the Celtics to retain his services, see you later, Smart. Forget it.
0: Hold Don't hold do hold it. Hold. You're talking about- Not
1: trying to see the Celtics lock in Marcus Smart for $16, 17000000 million a year. No.
0: All right. So w- w- when you say down to him or Rosier, what are you talking about? Like when it comes to re upping Rosier next year? Yes. Well, first of all.
1: Yes. And if Rosier is commanding that kind of money.
0: First of all, the smartest thing. No pun intended. Flip him. Flip him. The smartest thing for Trade him. for Marcus to do is take that qualifying six point, whatever mill. He's not doing that. Too. No, no. I'm serious. Take that. Take that. Because the only other thing that. That might happen, and it won't be what he's asking for, which is like apparently more than 12 to, 12 to 14 mil. The only other thing that Ainge could do, and he could do this the same way he did it with Avery Bradley, is extend him. Give him a little bump. What did he make this year, four? Just not taking that bump. Give him a little bump. No. Give him, you know, I mean, I was always in the camp – for most of the season, like, no, he's not worth any more than eight, nine. And then he came back for that a little bit before he he, he injured his thumb again before the playoffs. And I was like, all right, give him nine, maybe ten. And then from when he returned in game five against the Bucks mm. up until game two against the Cavs, where the Celtics were eight and two in that span, I was like, fuck it. Give him twelve. <laughs> I'm not bunching from that. I always said twelve <laughs> I always said twelve to fourteen. <laughs> I'm not budging from that because from from game three on, he, he I think he might have lost some value. But I still would give him 12. But I don't know if the Celtics want to do that because then you got to worry. You brought up Rozier for the next season, the next summer, but then you got to worry about Kyrie because you know he's not going to opt into that player option he's got. He wants a new deal.
1: Yeah, but you can, I think, because of what happened, in game seven, and the fact that obviously he's going to have a, a very, uh, a, a very, uh, what do you call, it, reduced role once Kyrie Irving comes back. I think you're going to see Terry Rozier's value fall right in between that span, 12, 13 million. And if that's how much he, if, if that's his ceiling, and the Celtics can bring him back for a three, four year deal for a, a, a secondary role, a six man role, sign me up. Do it. Get it done. Out of the two, which one do I prefer for this team? I would go Marcus Smart, all right? And I know you Rozier, Scary Terry fans might disagree with that. Scary Terry's dead, by the way. But I'm saying – what I'm saying is because Marcus Smart is someone who's offensively limited, for starters, and someone who's inconsistent – I guess you could say the same thing kind of about Terry Rozier – but what makes him the the, the game winning plays? I think make him more valuable for this team. However, if we're talking dollars, we're talking about a difference between six, seven million. Then look, let him go. See you later, Marcus Smart. Bring back Rozier. You try to lock him in when you can. And of course, if there's not a deal out there that you're you know that you think you can win and by a landslide, of course, with the Danny Ainge mentality when it comes to a, a approaching trades. Um, if you can't, if you can't flip them then. Bring them back $12, $13 million for your backup, for your sixth man, your Terry Rozier. But let's face it, the Southers aren't necessarily short on guards to begin with. You know, We're going to be seeing a bit of a log jam, or, or the way Brad Stevens has to divvy up these minutes gets a lot more interesting when you got guys like Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier. I mean, those are the bulk of the minutes going to the, your backcourt. Those are your four guys.
0: I don't know. I mean, you can. I think. I think Gordon is more of a wing than than a guard. And I, you know, you yeah, think, this is,
1: they're interchangeable. You yeah, can say the same thing about Jalen Brown. But and if then, you
0: if you're not if you're not bringing back Shane Larkin, it doesn't matter to me if they bring him back or not. Yeah, because you have Kyrie coming back, and then you have Terry, and then possibly Marcus Smart. Those are your three rotating guards, and then you can throw in Jalen Brown a little bit in that mix. Possibly Gordon Haywood. but then I think another guy that's going to lose minutes and he wants actually a more increased role would be Marcus Morris because now Jason Tatum has arrived at this point. He might even be your second best player for someone who led the team in scoring all playoff long. And then obviously without Kyrie Irving, you bring Kyrie Irving back into the mix.
1: Yeah. My whole thing is if you get the anchors on the, for the second unit, if you got Terry Rozier, and Marcus Morris, you're in good shape. And look, I, again, I, I like Marcus Smart. I would like Marcus Smart to be that guy. But if, if there's some, I don't know, Orlando Magic or whatever team willing to give him that 16, 17 million to be a starter or whatever. Which I think is. See, see you later. You get you, you lock in Rosier when you can.
0: I think it's possible. I've been I've been preaching that all season. Well,
1: if he's saying this, then he's not just saying it just to say it. I mean, right. we've heard recent reports from Jackie McMullen who said that there's, there's, teams at least, out there. there's teams out there that are willing to give him that kind of money. If that's the case, then see you later. But I'll tell you this that the Rozier stock right now is as high as it's ever going to be. So if you can't find a deal. I think it took a little bit of a hit though on this. The game conference seven finals. a little bit. No, no,
0: no, not game seven. Just in the conference finals in general.
1: Maybe a tiny bit, but I, I just my point is that he's not going to get that kind of exposure again. I mean, assuming Kyrie Irving is relatively healthy throughout the season, you're not going to see uh, Rozier be the starting point guard for three plus months. You know where he was able to uh, not only control the offense, but man, he was a big part of it. What, what I can't wait to see how he develops. Um, I still don't know if he's going to be a guy who sticks around way down the road. But if you can somehow keep him in town for the next two or three years, this window, I mean, this is a championship team we're talking about. Let's face it.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, this if, is
1: it, its the NBA finals or bust next season. That's you know, it. That's, the, that, that's pretty much it.
0: That's the only silver lining. If, they don't
1: the, if, they, if this team doesn't make the finals, you, they failed. That's it.
0: That's one of the few silver linings that I that I got after this playoff run. Um, one, Jason Tandem has arrived. Probably now your second best player. Arguably might be your first. Depending on how they want to use him next season. How Brad Steven wants to use him next season. And they're a championship contender without those two. Gordon Haywood and Kyrie Irving. So now once they come back, barring any major changes, I don't know. You think you think Danny Ainge is still going to be looking to make changes? He already said that he loves this team. He already said he's going to make like a handful of like tweaks. But for Danny Ainge, you never know what he's thinking. The future's bright, but you can't predict it with Danny Ainge.
1: He could be courting LeBron James. Who knows? (laughs) Who the hell knows? One thing we do know is uh, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on around the NBA, so I can't wait to get into this last segment, the way we wrap up every single episode here at the Causeway Street Podcast. It is Joel's segment of In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed
0: It. Yo, real quick, though. Where the hell was Kyrie Irving in Game 7? I mean, I know the answer, but I just want to know why. (laughs) Why? Why do you decide? It's a weird dude, man. In the middle. It's a different kind of dude. Of, you know, your team that you pretty much have been behind at home, at least, to possibly make it to the finals. You go, yeah, I'm going to get no surgery to correct my deviated symptom now. Because if they do make the finals, I'll still be at home watching it from there. Like, what, what, what was your thought process on that? That's just weird to me. It's a weird dude, man. That's a I'm telling you. So does Jalen Rose have a point?
1: <laughs> he didn't want them to win. He didn't want
0: them to win? Like, I think Terry would have needed some some Kyrie. <laughs> like, yo, cut the shit, guy. Like, just like pass the ball. Don't shoot anymore. I don't know. Take it to the hoop. I don't know. Something. He, was he was that missing from Jalen from that's, Terry Rozier that night? Re, it
1: was really odd.
0: That's just weird to me. You see you saw Gordon and like, oh, Tice. Think you, you
1: think you can do this without me? All right. Let's see if you guys are really gonna do this without me. I'm, I remember, I'm not even gonna be on the sideline.
0: I remember asking that. And then, like, even then, Mark Jackson read my mind, like, you know, this is game seven. Like, it's seven. right. He, he has a point. then like, where the fuck is this guy? At first, I thought maybe he's in the back. But no, he wasn't president at nah. all. What a weird guy.
1: Hayward was there. saw so. him.
0: Well, a lot of stuff in the association, a lot of things. So, in case you missed it, apparently, the 76th president of basketball <laughs> operations, Mr. Brian Colangelo has been secretly running five Twitter accounts Jeez. to criticize Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor, Nerlings Noel, and Markel <laughs> Fultz.
1: <laughs> Damn, Nerlings can't even catch a break.
0: According to a report published by The Ringer, an anonymous tip came to them.
1: No, shout out to them for doing for their homework. Real, Damn. This This this
0: This anonymous tip that they got came to them back in February mm-hmm. of this year. And... They pinpointed, this is the ringer now, they pinpointed five accounts that followed media members, Sixers employees, and NBA agents. And there was one that was active between April of 2016 through May of 2017. There were two others that were active within the past five months while one was just posting several times a day as recently as last week. Mm. So on May 22nd, uh, this is the dude that wrote the piece in the ringer. His name is... Uh, I don't think he listens to our podcast, so I don't think he cares if I butcher his last name or not. Ben Dietrich, he's the one that reached out to the Sixers via email and um, asked about two accounts in particular, and he got a follow-up call that same day from a Sixers media representative. They said that they were asked Colangelo about it. Now, this is only two out of the five. They didn't talk about the other three, just two, just two particular ones, Right. They said they were gonna, They told the ringer they were going to ask Angelo if they had if he had information about those two accounts that they were that was spoken of in the email. That same afternoon, within just hours of that phone call, the other three that were never mentioned gone had been switched from private from public to private. Mm. Essentially, the piece goes on about these uh these collection of Twitter burner accounts. Aside from criticizing the players that I mentioned. It, they they disclosed medical information, decisions from the coaching staff, and calling out former Sixers GM, Sam Hinkie. <laughs> what do you think, Sway? <laughs> Obviously, Colangelo <laughs> denies. He's, he's gone as far as saying that someone's setting him up. Oh, no. You want to hear the update? Shoot. <laughs> be the first that someone else updated me. <laughs> but go ahead.
1: So this is not too long ago. Um, they came forward and said that it was his wife that did it. What? Yes. Calangelo's wife is the one behind this. Ba, ba, ba. What? You know what that is, though. Babe, babe, take the blame because I might get fired for this. I'm going to need you to bite this bullet because no one else is going to believe me. You always look at the spouse in cases like any kind of cases. You always look at the spouse to see if this person's involved. And he just pushed her right in front of everything. I don't believe that for one second, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm positive I'm not the only one, but that's the story he's going with. <laughs> so we'll see how things unfold. We'll see what, what, what sort of uh, digging the, the the ringer goes goes into, and not just them, too, because the the, the, they're under the heat lamp right now. Everybody's looking at them right now. So we'll, I we'll mean, see how this investigation plays itself out, because the NBA is investigating. They're doing their own investigation to yeah, see yeah, what, no, what's I was gonna, going on.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. The Sixers, obviously, they've launched their own investigation uh, Joel Embiid has gone on Twitter saying that this is hilarious, but he doesn't believe it. So I don't know how much process will be trusted now hmm. going forward in Philly. But can you imagine that for like the Celtics? Like if that a story like that came out for the Celtics, I'd be like, what? Like I'd be I'd be I'd be confused. Number one, I'd be confused above all. But you talked about Philly fans when you were down there for you know the last series or two series ago. And they're so into their homegrown guys, mm-hmm. and then you got the GM that's taken over and now gotten the credit for actually Sam Hinkie's work. Work, oh, yeah. and you still want to trust the process now? <laughs> and, and they're still gonna—you know—they're still gonna go after LeBron.
1: Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. You think LeBron would want to go play in some place like that where he where he could even—he barely trusted Dan Gilbert. He's gonna go trust someone like Colangelo? I don't know. That's just weird to me. I think
1: he still would. What else we missed?
0: Uh, in case you missed it, Gordon Haywood got a plate and some screws removed from his uh, ankle. Oh, I've been there. And, and prior to that, he was actually already back on the court doing like one-on-one drills. Yeah. So I was out there with him. Successful, nice. So <laughs> successful uh, surgery to clean up his ankle. Yeah. tip fib. tip fib, and according to reports, should be back in a couple of months to resume his basketball career. I bet you his scar is not like mine. Little, little too late though. Hey, come on, man! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I want to see what you'd say to that. <laughs> you know what I think? I think they. I
1: think Fuck they. Fuck you, made, was
0: that Gordon before, man?
1: I think they made up that setback story just so everyone can shut the hell up about it. Like, no, he's not no, coming back. No, you know what? it he was? He went through a setback. You no, know it was. It was it's done.
0: It was. It was Stevens, man. You could. Oh, tell. Stevens has had it. Look, I think it takes a lot for Stevens to get pissed off. But every little like Instagram post from 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 Gordon or from the or from the Haywards in general, because him and his wife <laughs> or Danny Ainge. would be like you know putting up pictures of you know him running or him you know playing with this with their with their their children, and it's like he's coming back. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why he's posting this. And Brad was like. We just lost three games in a row. No, Gordon Hayward is not coming back. Like, relax with that. He's not. He's not. He's out for the season. And then, the, and then Danny would go on the radio. And was like, well, you know, he's making good progress. And I mean, well, you never know. And then they're going back and ask Stevens again. And Stevens says, "What the hell did I just say to you? Like, like two weeks ago? Like he's not coming back. I don't want to hear any more questions he's like, about we're Gordon Hayward." We're
1: not planning on him coming back. There's no game plan set. And then, and then the narrative became like later on. Someone asked it again, like months later. He you know, just goes. Get- he just goes. Look, even if he's available, being basketball ready takes time. Like, just because you saw him on fucking Instagram taking a jog doesn't mean this dude's ready to play in the first quarter. Like, get the It's like, do you guys not know how this works? He, but he was shooting. Do you not
0: remember the game? Game first game, game one of the season. He was shooting. Come from, on. He was shooting from a chair though. Like you know, he's <laughs> he's ready to come back. Like even if he just comes in and just just spots up and shoots, he should be ready, right? No!
1: <laughs> and then we got Art Rondo <laughs> telling us about when he's shooting from a chair.
0: He's like, if he didn't speak so proper, he would have been like, yo, he's fucking up his shit, man. He's fucking up his mechanics. He's going to be sorry when he comes back. If he comes back, he'll be back by training camp. That I can, I can say confidently. He'll be back by training camp. Here we go. So old Quo- Quote me on that. <laughs> All right. uh, in case you missed it, I mean, I think only only locally – this would be able to be viewed, right? Unless you unless you went on their website. But uh NBC Sports Boston. Unless
1: you're a really a diehard Celtics fan. For real,
0: for real. For those I mean and 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 I have come across those that live out, out of state. Oh and of course. Whatever like package they have like cable wise for I I don't know how they pull it off, but they're able to, to order that that channel. They where they broadcast the Celtics. <laughs> that might be me one day. <laughs> <laughs> but NBC Sports Boston um Aired the premiere of the 2008 Celtics Championship documentary, mm. ironically called Anything's Possible, but KG wasn't in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up with that? <laughs>
1: They're saying he declined to join. Well, obviously, they must have well, asked him, but KG wh- why?
0: And Ray wasn't. I, I wasn't surprised that Ray wasn't in it. Really? Shocker for you to believe. You want nothing to do with that. Of
1: course, he wasn't fucking in it.
0: But. The thing was named he's, after he's a done, quote.
1: <laughs> he's done. He's done promoting his book. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole thing was they named, was named the,
0: after So I'm thinking, and they and they were showing like, and I think they were just waiting for when the Celtics, you know, playoff run ended because they would never say when they were going to show this thing, like during the playoffs. they were like, oh, you know, coming soon. You're like, when the fuck are they going to show this thing? But Celtics season ends, and I think the next day they were like, this is coming on, and all the commercials that you saw for it, all the promotion was kg 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 mm. kg. And I was like, wow, this is gonna be like some good shit because like Cage doesn't really do things like this. Yeah. And he really didn't. <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day. Decline, I don't know. I thought it was weird that he wasn't in it. But like all the other like funny stories from the other guys and they, they pretty much got damn near all everyone. Eddie House, James Posey. Praise Garnett.
1: Oh yeah, the whole team was on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking
0: Big Baby Davis who was high as hell on there. Yo, what's good with Tony Allen, bro? He's aged over the last like yeah. Year. You text
1: me about that. I mean, I don't know, yeah, I don't know
0: man. That's weird, yo. Like yeah. you, you were just playing. It's not like Big Baby who hasn't been out of he's been out of the league for two three years.
1: Yeah, right. Tony
0: Allen was playing earlier this season. How crazy would it have been if he was still on the on the Pelicans though during their little?
1: Play oh play? yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he did start on that team.
0: Well, it would have made a difference against the Warriors, yeah, yeah. I would I
1: would say this though. I think what surprised me the most throughout the entire documentary was that. Um, I mean, Big Baby, like, he literally, I think he just finished smoking, and then just said, yo, put the camera on, and just started talking about the Celtics.
0: (laughs) He was the only one cursing, the only one cursing, the only one that had his his stuff bleeped out. (laughs) But he was really animated, though. He was lit. It was was very entertaining. Very entertaining, to say the
1: least. Big Baby did not care about talking on camera fresh off of smoking, like.
0: Damn. Maybe it wasn't that. Maybe maybe. No, no, no. Maybe He had at like, least one. Maybe he popped the pill
1: Probably two. He had two going at once.
0: <laughs> like right, <laughs> right before
1: they started. you know, you know what's funny too? If you if you look closely, what's towards a, the, What's a young buck? <laughs> towards the end of the documentary he's getting like he's getting more he's getting sober <laughs> like you could see him he's coming down <laughs> he's coming down yeah <laughs> what Greg we have is like they would all be talking about one thing and then like everyone would, like say that part and then pj brown said that part and then it goes to big bay Then just be like this awkward pause <laughs> and then he would just be like Beep. he'd be like <laughs> it's like wow <laughs> this is amazing you know? And like his
0: hands are going to place. His his head is going over the place. I'm like, damn. Davis is losing it. Davis, Yo. put the weed down. And- Yo, when they were talking about the arm wrestling between him and KG. That was a, that was a good story. That was hilarious. Yeah. No one thought that KG could beat Big Baby in arm wrestling. Yeah. But let me tell you my favorite part of that whole documentary. When they're in New Orleans for the All-Star game, and they see uh, Paul... Paul is saying oh, that he's in the limo. Paul was Paul was drunk. Paul yeah, Paul was in the limo. It, I mean, Bourbon Street. He didn't say that he was drunk or anything, but all he said was he's in, he's like mad traffic. He's in the limo, and all of a sudden he sees like this big tall dude like walking across, like literally in front of his limo. He's like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Realizes that it's P.J. Brown. Rolls the window down, calls him, calls him over, gets out the thing, and he's like, "Oh, we can really use you this season. You know, let me get down your number." And and when they panted P.J. for his for his like part of the story. He's like, "Yo!" All of a sudden, this this tinted windows, you know, limo comes up to me, <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Oh man, this is gonna be a drive by, I fucking <laughs> lost it. Dude. I lost Yo, it. PJ was that.
1: mad funny yeah, the documentary, but well, correct me yeah, because afterwards, when they approached him the next day, they're like, "Yo, I know you saw Paul the other night. You was know, at, it was at a party, at this, yeah, night,
0: and it was Ray that was like, "Yo, I know
1: you seen Paul last and night. I know you might have thought you probably weren't taking him too seriously because he's like, you know, I know he had, a you know. He people people, a- people on Bourbon Street tend to, you know, they have a good time when they go down there.
0: He said, yeah, that's what PJ was like, I didn't take anything, he said, serious. He didn't want to say, like, yo, he was fucked up. Yeah, day. right. But he was like, Bourbon Street will do that to people. <laughs> just in general, when you come to New Orleans, <laughs> you just have a good time. Paul looked like he was having a good time. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> but it was Ray. He goes, he goes, if Ray didn't come out to me that second night and said that Paul was serious, he said we wouldn't be having this conversation.
1: He's like, Yeah, I could have been Sean Bradley and Paul Pierce would have been like yeah, no matter who was there. Paul would have like, yo, we could use you, man. Could like Eric we Dan- could use you.
0: Eric Dampier, fucking. Could have been El Goskis walking down, like, yo Yo, we got a spot for you, bro. <laughs> Me? So I thought I thought that was funny right there. But I love the fact that they, they it was like a good five minutes of all the other Celtics, other than Paul, talking about the whole raid going at Miami thing. Mm. But I thought it was interesting. Well, they Pierce said
1: what he had to say about it. What well, yeah, cracked yeah, me up was that. how everybody was kind of clowning Paul for the whole wheelchair thing. And Paul wasn't smiling at oh, all. He was just like, look, man, they brought the wheelchair I, out. All right. Didn't know how serious it was. I heard something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Paul was like, yo, can I just have this moment? Come on, man. Mark Spears. Ten years later, it's a good story.
0: Yo, Mark Spears. I forget how Mark, how good Mark Spears is. He's really good. I miss Mark Spears. Yeah, man. I met him during the 2010 finals when he came back. We're already working for ESPN.
1: Yeah. He was great in this documentary and though. It was so outside, animated.
0: I saw him outside the garden. I dyed him up. I was like, Bro, man, I miss you here in Boston, man. Yo, know, these these dudes don't know basketball like you, bro. I like he was like, Oh, thank you, man. He was real he was real humble dude. He still looks like he's a humble dude. But yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's, a, that's one guy that that is dearly missed here in Boston for for those that know basketball. But I thought the I thought the documentary was was, was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah,
1: it was good. I mean, like at this point, it's like, what have have you heard about this team? You know, we've, it's it's been quite some time. This team has obviously been well uh, documented, and I'm just surprised we you know what what um, you know what transpired throughout that season, what they had to face, the adversity they faced, and I like how they touched on you know what happened afterwards, you know, and how close they came to winning the second one, and you know, a lot of those guys, um, they they even though they weren't on the team anymore, they, they they felt like those are our brothers, and look at them go, you know, they could get in a second one. And obviously, we know what happened two thousand ten.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think those other those other dudes like know or feel that it could have it could have been at least another a second or third championship mm. during that run. And so it's, it is hard to just perk, win one.
1: Perk, Piers, Dog—they're like 3 threepeat. That team could have threepeat. I mean, it's easy to say that now, but
0: yeah. But I mean, looking back at it, on it, I heard I heard them talking about it on the radio, and I forgot how poorly. Ray shot in Game Seven in two thousand and ten. Yeah, it was bad, dude. If he made yeah. like if he made like two of those,
1: he was like, it what, might have been two, a of, two of
0: nine, I think. Something. It was awful.
1: Paul still won't watch that game. I don't blame
0: him. You haven't watched that game, have you? Uh, haven't. No, yeah. I watched no. it. I watched it. Not on my to do list. I watched it once. Yeah, it, it happened to be on NBA TV the like the summer going into the next season. I was like. If I don't watch this now, I'll never watch it, and I haven't watched it again since. You know, it's funny
1: watching that entire documentary, though. It, like reminding me of how important that injury was for the Lakers when Park went down. You know, like it's just their, like their reliving it, like game, that game six, and then heading into game seven, and you know, Rasheed did all he could do, but when he came down to it, they just they had so many second chance opportunities. The rebounding matchup was a was was, was big in that last quarter, obviously, because the Celtics have pretty much led the, the entire game. I just remember, like, it brought back all these feelings. I just remember thinking, like, no lie, after that game, I was almost like, Yo, fuck basketball! Like, like, <laughs> I was like, yo, how can you just be winning the entire game? Like, yo, they need to make this game shorter. Like, it should be like thirty-eight minutes. Like, this is just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> like, I just remember, I just remember at halftime, like, I, remember,
1: I was so in my feelings, I was just like, you know, the sport needs to be tweaked. This is ridiculous. <laughs> how can you be winning for so much? You know, throughout uh, whoa, uh, what forty minutes, pretty much, or forty-one minutes of the forty-eight minutes, and you lose? Like, <laughs> you had a thirteen-point lead, you know.
0: Like oh I just man. Magic Johnson all at halftime. He was like, "Yeah, the South has got this." Yes. A better team. And yeah, I and like, I was like, "No." I was like, "You urban? No." Out of all people? the fuck? I I'm like, you I'm mean? like I
1: should like this, but I don't like this at all. No. Magic no. giving the South the championship at halftime of no. Game 7 in the NBA Finals? No, I, I don't think, want it. And I think I want nothing the, to do with it.
0: That was the last season of the uh 2-3-2 two, two format in the finals. Yeah, it was. So I don't know if that would have made a difference, but Ah, eh,
1: two eh, makes a big eh, difference, man. I'm eh, telling you, two championships and one. When you get the second one, it's more of a difference. We had this conversation when Paul Pierce had his number retired. I don't know. I always say that he would, him and Garnett would be higher on people's list of all time greats if they got two. But hey, it is what it is. It was a great run, obviously, and great memories. Good documentary. I liked it. But yeah, KG was very sorely missed.
0: I'm just I'm just confused yeah. on why the Celtics never had those dudes or a good amount of those dudes come back just to be like honored the way like Fenway does like every season. I feel like they might do something <laughs> which,
1: like, I think they might I might do, they might do something at the beginning of the season. You know, everyone's gonna be really high up on you know Kyrie Irving coming back and oh. Gordon Hayward and seeing I'm, this team. Are you talking about something else? Huh? No, that that's just Big Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll have that on deck. Yes. You know you know what else too? You know they recorded that. Before you got arrested for all that bags. Oh, yeah. Because they would have been like, Big Baby, you can't be recorded like this, bro. Like, what? Listen, you got a court case coming up. <laughs> they found over 100 grams on you. <laughs> and you're just going to toke up in the studio and let us record you? Nah, man.
0: Come on, man. That's tough, man. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. It's almost tough as this, uh, this Drake and Pusha T uh, beef.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this ain't even NBA Yo, what time is it damn this is gonna be like a 48 minute in case you missed it we should make no, this no, a long no,
0: episode I just wanna throw that in there just you know just something <laughs> to think about it. for you guys who don't who who don't know rap is back beef is back that ground beef was pushes to you playing fair uh we, we talked about the first time or the second time obviously the second time man. <laughs> I mean the second time I mean that's what uh, you know what else was he gonna do after what but the way Drake came was saying that like, Hey man, the gloves know, are off. You ain't even you're, you're not even like, you know. The gloves are off. You're the fifth best MC on your label. Yeah. I wrote songs for the guy who produced your album. <laughs> I don't know. So he's like, "Oh, what do I got? Uh, uh, I'll go the racial route because you wish you were black even though you're already half black, but you never met your father, but here you are being a deadbeat to, to an imaginary son that no one knows about. He exposed To a stripper. Him, he
1: exposed him,
0: bro. That's great. What? I mean, we don't. It's not like 50, when 50 says this, he actually has proof. We we haven't seen the proof. What do you mean the proof? Where's the proof? Where's the where's, where's the Drake laughing
1: this off I'm saying this ain't true? Where's
0: the picture? Where's the picture of this of this so called so called? And stripper? why
1: was he in blackface? Like why did Drake agree to do that? No, that was that's not Drake
0: bro. That's somebody else being.
1: That's not Drake. That's Drake.
0: From where
1: he did he did that in '08. He was doing a promo. That's Drake. You Get didn't the know fuck that? Out of here. No. Yes. That's that's the whole thing. That's the biggest thing. Like why would you do that? You have to address this Drake. And you know what? Like you have to speak up about this. Why are you in blackface?
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. It was him? I thought I was someone that looked like. Him. No, that's him. Wow, wow. Well, the same way that, he got. That's the,
1: my first of like seven questions for right. Drake. <laughs> so, well, the,
0: first, the way he dug up that picture. Why didn't he dig up a picture of this so-called stripper who's who's his BM?
1: Well, there's pictures of them two together, but obviously that's, you can't say like they have a kid uh, together.
0: Uh, anybody can just say you got a kid. Where's the proof? I mean, Fifty's the king of that. When Fifty was like, yo. You're a correction office. Everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" Bam! Picture of him in a fucking corrections office in uniform. Yo, Um, yo, you used to beat your baby mama. Bam! Here comes the BM talking about, "Yep, you used to beat my ass every day." We gotta
1: wait for the bam, then. (laughs) Yeah, wait for the other shoe to drop.
0: Bam, you know. Well, we'll see.
1: I just think, I just think, at the end of the day, Drake. And this isn't just Pusha T. I think there's a lot of things that people know that sort of harsh touch between the uh, industry. And pushes teachers exposed him, and I think I think he did it because he was like, "Listen, you, you want to talk about you know the the, the Kanye thing and all that stuff?" He's like, yeah, you don't even write just you know what I mean." It's that's well documented that Drake doesn't always write his own stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's a ghost. Fr- Everyone has ghostwriters though. That's like that's the only thing that rappers when they want to come at Drake, that's the only thing they talk about. But every time Drake yeah, comes man, back at a, you, yo, he 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 ended f- he ended Meek Mill, bro. The only reason why people talk about Meek Mill is because he used to be hanging out with Bob Kraft. Now he doesn't rap anymore. He's yeah, done. Man.
1: He forgot he wasn't battling Meek Mill, man. Pusha T is a beast. I don't know. I don't know. I think Pusha T's got Drake against against the ropes.
0: I mean, I love myself <laughs> some Common, but how relevant has Common been ever since Drake said what he said about Common?
1: Regardless, though, mm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I mean, Drake, this is Drake, if,
0: Drake, if, Drake, if Drake comes back, you'll know why it took him as long as it did for him to come back. Don't get me wrong, I love Pusha T, but. Like, where does this come from? Where does this come <laughs> from? She was really team Drake right no, now. I'm just wow, saying, but where is this coming from? Wow, where is this coming from, though? What do you mean? <laughs> where is where is this coming from? From Pusha T? Like, where, why all of a sudden you have you have a hard on for Drake? Because Drake
1: has always been like, like he says, top five. Everyone's like, yeah, he's one of the best rappers. And rappers like Pusha T are like, yo, this dude is not a great rapper. Like, that's it. One, the whole writing thing. That's like number one rule in rap. Like, you have to write your own shit. And obviously, he's been exposed for that. Whatever. It is what it is. You know, Drake makes the kind of music he makes. Pusha T makes kind of music. like complete two completely, very, completely different artists. But my whole thing with Pusha T is, once you get into a beef with somebody, you start bringing up his girl, which is what Drake did. The gloves are off. You get exposed. And man, I don't know. Pusha T must have had that blackface thing in his pocket, in his back pocket. But he's, I don't know, man. I don't know. Drake got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, the clock's ticking. The clock's ticking. We'll see if he says something before the release of this podcast. But if he doesn't, that's even worse. <laughs> we'll see.
0: I don't know if he was just trying to, like, push his album, which is only seven tracks. to more of an EP than anything else. <laughs> Why do you hate so much on pushing I'm not team, hating bro. on him, bro. Team I'm just drink. talking about him. I'm team just Drake. All right, whatever. I was just bringing it up just to say, like, you know, get into it. But I, was not, I wasn't really trying to have a conversation. Whatever. <laughs> When I don't agree with you, then I'm team the opposite world.
1: No, because assignment. you haven't said one thing about how Pusha T bodied him. Like,
0: are you kidding me? When did he body him? He, Dude, he had a black face. But that's not bodying him, swear. I'm talking and about And then lyrically. he talked about, about how lyrically. he
1: wants to be so black, and I'm it's like, dude, lyrically. you did black face. But that's so easy to go racial. I can't racial. think of a black person who did okay. black face. Okay,
0: but. <laughs> it's so easy to go racial. Like.
1: When someone goes black face, absolutely.
0: It's like the worst thing to do. <laughs> that's just me. Whatever. Call me Drake. I don't care.
1: I don't know, man. Do okay. research. Okay. <laughs> There's literally a photographer who was like, "Yes, we did the photo shoot. This is Drake." Like, but all right, all
0: right. cool. That's all I got. Four.
1: In case you missed it,
0: thank you to all the listeners for all the support this season, of course, and see you on this media for another year under the uh, their podcast umbrella. Make sure you follow us on all social media outlets and hit up CausewayStreet.com. You know, you got my uh, my feelings on the Celtics game seven loss. Plus, will Ainge make any changes this summer, or or should he stand pat, considering mm. that he does have a title-contending roster, all that. causewaystreet.com dot com.
1: Yeah, the good thing is like you don't have like a stack full of players that are you know off or not under contract anymore. We'll see what happens with Marcus Smart, but for the most part, I mean, this team's intact. I mean, yeah, yeah. you mentioned uh, Larkin and. You know, uh, Baines is off the books. But, I mean, for the most part, you got this core intact. You got, obviously, two uh, very, very good players coming back into the fold. And, man, can't wait.
0: Celtics are also willing to trade their their 27th pick uh, and their other chest of fucking picks as well Mm. to try to get La Bamba. What's his name? Mo Bamba.
1: Yeah. 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 We'll see what happens there. And also, don't forget about Tice. I would have loved to see... How this team would have looked with Tice in the mix, you know, especially against the Cavs. Trust me, if Tice is available, Stevens goes eight deep instead of seven, in my opinion. But I digress. Or
0: maybe still seven, but with Tice. With Tice.
1: (laughs) Tice is your seventh (laughs) guy. Sorry, smart. You ain't playing, bro. What? (laughs) What you
0: mean? I guess until next time, folks, hopefully by the next episode, the Warriors would have swept. Cavs in three. <laughs>
1: no, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We gotta have a finals episode, so that'll be ne- that'll be the next one. We'll see. Well, yeah, hopefully we'll, a series ain't over before we get our finals episode.
0: We'll just shit on the city of Oakland and you know the city of Cleveland. Oh yeah, it'll be fun.
1: It'll be fun, <laughs> and hopefully we can put to bed this damn matchup. If, if, if there's a five if there's a part five to this, and shout out to the whoever made that Family Matters <laughs> part four <laughs> promo oh, Season Four. Man. What was your favorite one? I kinda like the Kevin Love because That was so 90s sitcom. Yes. That little like that little smirk and he's sitting in like a random The one the one like, white guy, yeah. Uh no, no, not that. But <laughs> I'm saying like you know that scene where he's like he he's sitting there and it's almost like he's in like an empty warehouse. It's like that's such a nineties little sitcom like promo or, 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 or what do you call it? theme song uh video. And then, of course, uh, Jr. Smith walking around shirtless. Oh, well done. All, all of it was good.
0: I forgot that that dude was walking around in his uniform, his uniform shorts for like a week yeah. guess, after the Cavs won back in 2016. Weird. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. We out. Time. Peace out.